This is Wessler Media. For me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on, and they're trying to figure out, how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the Word today and see what God will say specifically to you. All right, well, welcome to Your Next Step today. It's Pastor Doyle and Pastor Doug McCoy from The Church Next Door. Hello, everyone. And I just want to begin today with saying it's February 10th, and Valentine's Day is the 14th. And so don't mess this up, okay? Today, our lesson is about exceptional conflict. And so if you just want to blow up your relationship, ignore Valentine's, okay? I've warned you now. Don't do that, okay? So you actually have uh, plenty of time now to arrange for chocolates, for flowers, for... I don't know if you can get a reservation now. I'm sorry, but it's <laughs> it's February 14th, and if you don't have a reservation, I mean, I don't know. Well, my wife has already won Valentine's Day. She does not need to get me another Valentine's gift because she already just nailed it. She got me... I, I'm, I'm never worried about that. My wife has already won Valentine's Day. I'm worried about me losing okay, well, that, Valentine's that's Day. True. But my, my wife, so everybody knows, got me a bottle of heart-shaped shaving lotion. Now, that phrase is important, and maybe you know where it comes from, but she got a heart-shaped bottle and put shaving lotion in it because there's there's a place that phrase comes from, a bottle of heart-shaped shaving lotion. And she got that for me. I see it every day. It sits on our vanity. And that's how she reminds you that she loves you? Yeah. And that's why you shave every day. If you start growing a beard, A, that's run out of shaving lotion, or B, there's something wrong in Narnia. I don't know. Yes, don't yeah. Know. I'm, I'm not a beard guy. All right, there you go. Uh, I just think, I think that I, I'm serious in the sense that I know a lot of guys that just think that they don't need to do anything for Valentine's. They've been married for X number of years and they fail to understand that their wife is hardwired to know that she is valuable to them. And they just miss out on the blessing of actually doing something for their wife because it's an easy win. Valentine's is the easiest win of the year. Yeah, pretty much. That's a softball. Now, my mom taught me this. She, she taught did. me. Well, she taught me that when it's Christmas and birthday, you don't get a woman like pots or pans or a new vacuum cleaner. You don't or, get or her. like our friend Dan, whose whose dad got his his wife a, a toilet seat. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no, you don't get anything utilitarian for uh, any kind of of gift for a I woman. Mean, gosh, and uh, and I've lived by that. And Valentine's Day comes into that. Um, if you do that, you are likely to have conflict. Well, that's and, right. I mean, so let's let's let's. So today's lesson, we've been talking about conflict. Go back to Romans 12, 2. It says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Hear that. It's about changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. So we've been talking about the exceptional life and exceptional relationships but if you'll follow God's plan, it will work. I, I was talking to a young father today, single dad. Uh, he's, got a, he's got a young boy. And I said, listen, you want to get into your son 
that God's Word is the best resource for your life. It's always going to guide you to the best way to live. It's it's going to produce fruit that's going to last, and there's nothing else like it in the world. There, there is no other source in this world that's going to teach you how to care for the people around you, how to, how to treat the living God, how to treat the earth. I mean, it, it covers everything. And, and today we're talking about exceptional conflict because what we want to mean, what we want to do by that is that exceptional people are not afraid of conflict. Exceptional people know that conflict is a part of life. And exceptional people just embrace the, the hard truth that I've got to deal with some things that are not easy. That's conflict. So that's that's why I think this is important. So we're not talking about exceptional levels of conflict. Yeah, we we, we don't want you to go sign up for a class on cage fighting. Yes, <laughs> to to improve your relationships. You know, I don't think that you need to experience some form of of violence. I, my mine is that um, you can actually, by the grace of God, eliminate the the tension that it brings. See, conflict brings stress, and stress does not do good things for us. That is correct. In our mind and our body. I mean, I think that you and I were just talking the other day about uh, Gen Z, and I think I think the study said that forty seven percent of Gen Z is emotionally uh, anxious or depressed, or at their emotional level, they feel. Uh, they feel such pressure and stress that they they just they're closing down as a generation, and then the vast the majority of Gen Z are already on some form of medication. I don't understand how you can be in your twenties and already on a medication every day. You're like, well, I think it's because they feel this conflict in our Absolutely. world, and and they've grown up a product of divorce. They they've grown up. In a world where they've been told that that racism is is going to destroy everything, and and they don't have any hope, and so I think uh, that's where it comes from. So let's talk about the four causes of conflict. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we taught this because I think it's really important. The reason we have conflict number one is poor communication. Number two is unfulfilled expectations. So I get mad at you because I thought you were going to do something for me and you didn't know about it, okay, I didn't communicate with you, <laughs> you didn't know about it, then you didn't fulfill my need, and now I'm mad at you. Mm-hmm. That's un- unfulfilled expectations, and sometimes they don't even know that there's an expectation there. And that's why I say Valentine's Day, there is an expectation, yeah. <laughs> all right? But like you said, you can give your spouse a pass and say, hey, you've already given me the perfect shaving cream dispenser it reminds me of your love every day. You don't have to do anything for me, dear. Mm-hmm. And uh, but then you give her something with a great big bow on it. That's all I'm saying, Absolutely. dude. Number three is despising differences. Yeah. And I think this is this is the tension in our culture. We have become a people that looks around them and we see what's different and we don't like it. We think everybody needs to look like us. Yeah. Well, I was raised that way. I was raised that we are normal or correct, and anybody that differs from us is incorrect. And by the grace of God, I've learned to say, no. So that means, that means you despise tall people, or yes. you despise people 
that had beards because you don't have a beard. Exactly. You see what I'm saying? No, exactly. No, no, no. I, wow. I mean, I mean, that's a long list. I'm glad you that to... you've overcome that. Yeah. That, that oh, I am too. That that God has transformed your mind, and that's what Romans says here. God will transfer you into a new person. That's why we're talking about this. Okay. And then the last, the last thing that causes conflict, and and this one is the hardest for people to understand. It's the old sinful nature. Uh, and, and this is what I find, is it it is our natural tendency to fight with people. Yeah. Have you ever met somebody that just likes to fight and is just, you know, you could say the sky is blue and they would argue it with you just because yes. they want to? I mean, I, I know people who automatically choose <clears throat> to support the opposing team of the hometown yes. <laughs> just because... They think that's the way they're supposed to be. And I see that as the old nature. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying you shouldn't support your team. I'm saying that you shouldn't pick the opposing team just to tick off your neighbors. Yes. And and yet that's what we do. And and I think if if you can be honest, you know, today, if that's your personality, you just have to go to God and say, Oh wow, I've actually liked conflict and you know, we, we talk about disruptors. Oh, gosh. Sometimes disruption is good, but sometimes it's just disruptive, mm-hmm. and it's not producing good. And and some people are of the mindset now that just random disruption will have a, a good outcome. And that's, that's the mind of the enemy. That's the mind of the old nature. Well, I can remember being a student at Westland High School— Maybe uh, we went to school there together, and we were intentionally looking at the teachers, trying to find something they did that was wrong or, or we thought ignorant oh, yeah. to just pick apart it. I mean, that's we thought it was a victory to criticize them. Is that not what Twitter is all about? Yeah, that's all it is, in my opinion. I mean, Twitter, and, and I'm on there. I mean, you can look me up. I, I don't tweet that often, but I mean, uh, I just see people, I'm like, Man, they just they look for any comma in the wrong place. So how do we deal with conflict? Let's get to the solution side of all this. Um, there are four ways to deal with conflict. You can number one, you can say my way is the only answer. <laughs> my way or the highway. Yeah, and and it will solve the conflict if everyone around you is willing to come under you. And but it it tends to be a losing battle. That that's like living life with the nuclear option every day. I will I will scorch the earth to assert my will. That's right. And that's what that's what the cancel culture has done. Mm-hmm. Cancel culture approaches it this way and if if I can say something, my objection to the American church is we've tried to pacify and just please that that desire of kind of the general populace. We just need to be quiet and sit in the corner. That's not going to work for the case of the gospel. You have to lean into the fact that Jesus actually caused conflict at times. That's right. He, I mean, I don't believe calling people a brood of vipers and scorpions <laughs> is a compliment unless they're a biker gang, and and that's, that's what I'm sticking with, you know. Uh, if they're a biker gang, they may like that, brood of vipers, uh, scorpions. But. Most others know. Okay, second way to deal with conflict is your way, yeah. and it's it's the reverse of what we just talked about. You just decide, I'm always going to go with you, and, and I'm going to agree with you no matter what, and that's what's caused the, yeah. the problem we have in our world today. 
Yeah, well, that's, you know, the example there is, again, the cancel culture that you're talking about. Some people have just tried to appease that, and it's become clear now that they're never going to be appeased. You know, the, yeah. the boundary keeps moving. There's n- we can't continue to give. Yeah, I, I, uh, I talked and prayed with a guy recently. He had been married for over 30 years. He recently divorced, and he said, it took me 30 years to understand that I couldn't just keep saying yes to whatever this person wanted. And it was heartbreaking. And he said, what I discovered is probably around year two or three, I just stopped sharing anything. And I totally closed down. And he said, emotionally, I became this this ball of rubber bands and it was all tight and I, I wasn't ever sharing anything. Yeah. And it, he said, I, I feel like I'm I'm... I'm as a Christian, he said, I, I spent years trying to get my wife to, to open up, to talk with me, to go to counseling. And he said, it didn't work. And finally, I said, okay, if that's what you want, I'll I'll let you have the divorce, you know. As, and, and you may be, and that's why I'm saying if you're in that, just realize you may have to go to the Lord. And, and let me tell you, this person hasn't, but I've seen other people go through that divorce and then later the two of them get back together because they finally work out their stuff, but it doesn't always happen. doesn't always happen. All right, the last one is halfway. Now, this is, this is what um, the press would have us believe is the best way politically to solve the problems in the world in which we meet, that we'd all meet in the middle and agree. Yeah. Um, but somehow the people in Washington, at least, have never figured that one out, and they don't do that one. And, and, but you can actually do that in a relationship, and it actually works. And um, I just want you to consider that. But then the last one to solve the conflict, and this is the one I really want to talk to you about, is God's way. Yeah. See, God's way says there's times when you win, there's times when I win, there's times when we both lose, yeah. and God wins. And, and that's what people don't understand, is when you learn to submit to God— um, you're, you've just decided, okay, I'm going to stop fighting with people. Mm-hmm. And look at your spouse, look at your boss, and say, you are not my enemy. And and the, the Bible invites us, you know, to follow God's example who laid down his life for us. And if we can learn to do that, I mean, just the, just the idea that Jesus plants for us in that we should pray for our enemies. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about that this past week. You said something really good. I'm trying to remember what it was, but that it uh, it, it shifts who we are, and it, it opens the door for relationship and everything. Yeah, I, I think that's the, the way to change the world, is to pray for our enemies or try to solve problems in God's way. I mean, a quick example, my daughter asked for a, a camera for this past Christmas, um, you know, about $150 range is what she wanted. It was like a Polaroid camera that we used to have. And I, I was telling her, I was like, this isn't like your, your phone. You will run out of film, but, oh, this is what she wants. So, you know, I, in a godly way, submitted to that, knowing that it wasn't going to be what it's she wanted. It's not going to fulfill what she wants, but yeah. it's not going to damage her. Exactly. And so Might I damage will, her pocketbook. Yeah, <laughs> well, a little bit. But I will let her learn that lesson graciously because that's what God would have me do. So that's an example of solving a conflict in a godly way. When we do this, we have hope. And you've outlined here yeah. a way for us to have hope-filled approach to conflict. It's God's way. 
gives us hope. Take us through that a little bit. Well, I, I, I identify four steps. One is there's no room for anger. Mm-hmm. And the reason is this. If you allow anger to take up residence in your heart, in your thinking, or in your approach to handling the conflict, you're no longer listening to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You're letting your emotion to take that. And that's why the Scripture literally says, in your anger, do not sin. Because anger will take us into something that is rooted in our sinful nature. And so we have to recognize that anger is not your friend. And see, that's that's in total opposition to the thinking of the world that we started out with in Romans chapter 12. The thinking of the world, they actually believe that anger is going to produce yeah. the, the positive results. I mean, everybody knows that black lives matter, right? I mean, we know that every human being matters, but that black lives matter. But the idea that anger behind that movement is going to produce a positive result is not built in a, in a biblical worldview. And so what we have to do is say, wow, maybe um, we need to, to know the truth, but we don't let anger be the engine or the, the impetus for the way we, we respond to people. And um, I, I recognize that there is holy anger. I, I, hear, I hear the voices out there saying, come on, I need... That's true. But uh, you have to make sure that that's the Lord leading that, and that's the Holy Spirit. That's not your anger, well, and that's what I... He, and he was always under control. You know, yes. my devotion today was from the passage where Jesus heals the man with a withered hand. It says he was angry. It doesn't say he was angry at the Pharisees. It just says he was angry, and he was not out of control. Yeah. And so there is a difference. You know, Jesus also walked on water, so I would be careful, well, he, at, you know, at Well, he saying, was angry, but he was angry that he saw the, the pain and the heartache of the sin and the suffering in this yeah, world. Yeah, exactly. That's what he was angered at. And I, and I believe that there are many people that are fighting for the end of racism. They're angry about the pain and the heartache. I agree. Sure, absolutely. And, and that's appropriate. That's a good thing to be angry yeah. about, but to, to vent your anger on somebody's house who had nothing to do with anything. That's a, yeah, that's a totally different subject. I know I got off there. So number one is no room for anger. Number two is look for the best. Yeah. And and this is what I, I try to encourage couples to do. Make a list of why you fell in love with this person. Make a list of what you like about this person. Uh, when you're talking about people you work with or go to school, is keep a list and the reason I say keep a list is because it's really great when you when someone's going through a hard day and you look at them and say, you know what, I always appreciate you about this, and you because you've already got your list. Okay, one of the things I like about you, Doug, is you're not you're not afraid to do something you don't know how to do or to help out in something that has no no real connection to your job description. You know, today you you ran to Menards to pick something up so someone could repair something. Mm-hmm. That has nothing to do with small groups. Yeah. But yet you and and see, if you know that about a person, it's very affirming. It builds into the relationship. There's a, a song, uh, Brenda Russell sings, it's called Piano in the Dark. It's it's what I call Columbus song. It just sounds like home to me. But she's talking about how she's dissatisfied with her partner. And she starts out, she says, When I find myself watching the clock, which is a poetic way to touch, she's unhappy and she wants out. Uh, and she says, I never think about all the funny things he says. Oh, so she's, wow. you know, like when we get angry, we fail to see what is good about these, That's right. these people. That's right. If we would flip that, if we would counter that anger by seeing what is good in them, that's what you're inviting us into. That's here. right. So the next time you get angry, 
with someone, begin to say, no, I'm not going to let the anger rule me. I'm going to look at the list of love, Mm -hmm. the things that I value about them. It'll turn that around. And then the third one is invest in forgiveness. You know, when you just choose that I'm going to be a forgiving person, that's going to be part of my nature, um, and you're going to constantly invest in that. And the reason I use the word invest is because it always costs you to forgive. Yeah. But this is but this is the belief behind it is that God will make up that difference. And so and it's been my experience over and over again when I forgive somebody, God provides the difference. He he comes back into my life, he provides someone else in my life, he provides the resource that they took from me. Somehow God shows up in that. You have any thoughts on that? Well, like you said, it it cost me to not eat Oreos. <laughs> But it's good for me to not eat Oreos. They may taste good, but they're not good for my overall health. In the same way, it costs to forgive, but it's good to forgive. We need to forgive. Yeah. And and what I would say is one of the ways you can invest in forgiveness is begin to um, begin to 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 listen to people who have forgiven and have moved on in life. I've been I've been reading about Frederick Douglass. Mm-hmm. And he had so much pain and heartache, but I love the fact he came to know the Lord when he was a young man. There was an older gentleman that mentored him and taught him how to forgive, and it became a part of like Look for people that have been successful at forgiveness. Okay, so number one, no room for anger. Number two, look for the best. Number three, invest in forgiveness. And then finally, love God's ways. What I mean by that is begin to read the Word of God and begin to look for God's way of dealing in relationships every day. Because every day when I read the Word of God, and um, if you've not heard about it, hey, you need to check out a year in the Bible, because every day I'll help you read through the Bible. And, and But when I'm reading through every day, I'm seeing God's nature that He wants in me. Yeah. And He challenged me to live according to that standard. And, and when I don't do that, I get in a bad place. If you think about the opening to uh, the Chosen series, you see all the fish going one direction, and and the ones that are hearing the message start to go the other direction. God has a direction. That was one of the first sermon series you did when I came here was The Current, where the Lord is going a a certain way, and uh, we need to harmonize with Him, go that way along with Him rather than resist Him. Uh, the Bible calls it the way everlasting, the way of life, the way of the righteous, the way of the wise, the way of God. Uh, it's a great way to live. Cool. Let's close in prayer today. Lord, I, I pray for everyone that's listening uh, right now that they would uh, they would choose to let go of their anger, mm-hmm. to look for the best, to invest in forgiveness, and begin to love God's ways. And God, I know that they're hurt. I know that they have uh, heartaches and, and broken places. But I thank you that your anointing and that your spirit, it can bind up the brokenhearted, it can set the captive free, and it brings an acceptable, holy, pleasing way to live. In Jesus' name, amen. Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. Now is a great time for us just to stop and pray. You know, we've been thinking about God and His Word, but it's it's no good if we don't apply it. So let's take a moment and let's pray. Let's invite God into the situation. 
You know, when we pray, it's powerful. So let's pray that our society would reflect God's ways today. Lord, we come before you today on behalf of our our society, on behalf of our culture. When we listen to the news or we just see the news feed on our phone or we listen to the just the, the brief news beats or, or check our social media feed, we don't always feel peace. Many times we're concerned. We're worried about our culture and the direction that it's headed. The scripture says that you looked for someone who would be willing to stand in the gap, and that's why we're here right now. God, we come before you in Jesus' name, and we're asking you on behalf of our our cities and our nation and our world that you would begin to move and that, God, that we would begin to see a turn toward you. We're praying for the church first, God. We know that if the church is unhealthy, that our culture will be unhealthy, that, that we are like the thermostat. Not only do we gauge the temperature, but we have the ability to change the culture. You said that when Israel was was far from you, when Israel was seeking other gods, when Israel was seeking her own way, that it brought damage to the nation and to all the people. So right now we pray for repentance in the church, Lord, the ways that we have wanted to please the world and be like the world and, and celebrate the gods of this world to be entertained by this world. We repent. God, forgive us. We repent. We're praying that, that you will change our culture and our society, that, that we will celebrate the good news of Jesus Christ, God, that in our land we would celebrate that God created us, that we are built in your image, designed for you, and may the church be the salt and light that our society needs. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for praying with me. You know, as a pastor, as as your pastor, I want you to know one of the most powerful things you can do and I can do is pray together. And I'd like for you to begin to join me in prayer every day. And so we've created a free prayer guide, but you have to go to our website, yournextstepnow.com, give us your email address, and you can download the ebook. It's for you, but it's also to begin to grow in prayer. It's the best thing that'll ever happen to you. Go to yournextstepnow.com, give us your email address, and get your prayer guide today. This has been Your Next Step, a ministry of the church next door in Columbus, Ohio. We hope this has been an encouragement to you as you seek to have a deeper faith in Christ. If you'd like to hear today's show again or share it with a friend, look for Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. We'd love to see you soon at the church next door easily find our service times and our app. I'm Pastor Doyle Jackson. Join us again next time for your next step. I believe you're going to find people that have a genuine love for God and a genuine zeal for the truth. You don't have to dress super fancy. It's so lively and it's so much fun and just you leave like, oh, so refreshed. And I know I keep saying family, but that's what this place is for me. It's family. I'm Doyle Jackson, pastor of the church next door. People keep telling me how good it is to worship God together again. Well, come join us. Visit us online at thechurchnextdoor.org. Stories are a way we relate to one another. It's hard to underestimate their importance. Wessler Media is here to help you preserve those stories that you hold dear. We'll produce a personal podcast 
an audio scrapbook that will preserve those memories for generations to come. Get in touch today. Call toll-free or text 1-833-38-STORY, 1-833-38-STORY, or visit wesslermedia.com. That's W-E-S-S-L-E-R media.com. The production you just heard was carefully crafted at the studios of Wessler Media. For more powerfully engaging podcasts and other audio content, visit wesslermedia.com. Stories of overcoming adversity, intense and unexpected twists and turns, education, encouragement, and plenty of those, did you hear that, moments. Hear more and talk to us about creating your own podcast, from large and detailed projects to smaller, more personal-sized productions. That's wesslermedia.com. W-E-S-S-L-E-R-Media.com.